0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell, and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to Love Cars On The Grid, your global motorsport podcast, where this week I've been tasked with, he's been out gallivanting, so I've been tasked to do a bit of research for once because he does most of the research and to be honest, he has most of it in his brain, but don't tell him that because he's quite clever with those sort of things. We haven't got that much to cover, so I'm actually going to ask Tiff Nadell a few questions about his motor racing career because it's quite... Motorbike heavy. Not. That there's anything wrong you're with that. You're at trying all. to dodge. You're trying to dodge the task I left you. I, dodged, no. I
0: told you you've got to watch all the television last weekend. So what were you doing instead of watching what
1: I told you to watch? I tell you what I was doing. Actually, I was very proud to do a bit of marshaling on the weekend at Castle Coombe, which ah. is my local circuit. And uh, it was wet. It was cold. It was miserable. But <laughs> everybody had a smile on their face, and it was it was great fun. And and seeing it from that side of the barrier was really uh, quite interesting as well. Crikey, Castle. the reason. Was there a reason you were doing
0: marshalling at all? Why should you suddenly <laughs> volunteer to go marshalling on a wet day? And cast? Anything I could think of, maybe? Isn't there uh, some system where you get points back if you do that,
1: maybe? Well, I did get nine points on my licence for going through a black and white... <laughs> two black and white uh, flags, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but it was good. You know, it was quite funny. I actually felt quite young there because there were, there were a, a husband and wife marshal pair that had been doing it for 50 years, five zero. Uh, another guy there, Dan, who was head of my post, I was on post two, which is quite a dull one because he's on the straight. Um, he'd been there for 47 years, and another wow. guy, Roger, uh, next to me, done it for 30 years, over 30 years. Do they, do they stay on the same post or they move around? Is that, is that their home post or are they
0: moved every weekend?
1: That's a good question. They actually do move around a lot as well. And I was hosted by a chap called Richard Beard who um, who, who looks after all the marshals. And these guys are all voluntary. There was over 140 marshals, voluntary, that do this at every event. So when yeah. you... And you don't yeah, We realize. can't race without them. We and, can't race without them. did you get an
0: orange
1: did you get an orange suit did you get an orange suit to wear for the weekend (laughs) i've got an orange tabard which i wore with pride i wanted the boiler jacket so much i wanted this suit but (laughs) i didn't get the suit (laughs) just the just the tabard but it was brilliant and and genuinely i will go back next year i'm not going to say i'm going to do it every weekend but I, i will go back and and do something next next just just to show a little bit of support moral support um, so that was good. But you were in Scotland and you were gallivanting, no motor racing at all for you. So... Yeah, I went to a wedding, so that's why I left you with all the job. I read a few
0: hail. I mean, my sporting bad weekend for the Needells, the Southampton lost at Chelsea. Kyle Larson was knocked out of the Talladega, I saw that, so I don't know, I don't care who won that, well, actually it was quite a good result. Uh, and then um, the Raiders, the Needell football team, having won three on the trot loss. So it was a bad weekend sporting-wise, which I'm hoping you'll cheer me up with some great news and talk about motorsports.
1: Well, we're both fans of um, our home uh, our homegrown talent and Elfin Evans will start off with World yes. Rally Championships. So yes. He stormed to victory in Finland. Yeah. So I, was, I was really chuffed with that. So that's a really good positive story. And he's narrowed the gap a little bit um, on Sebastian Ogier, who still has uh, 190 points in the driver's championship and uh, uh, Elfin now has 166. So he's narrowed that gap. He's kept his championship hopes alive and he had a brilliant win. He was uh, he was a sensational weekend in in uh, I saw I
0: saw um, the Irish boy Craig another sort of what ish. I mean across the pond in, in Ireland he, he was having a great rally Craig breen um he didn't he lead for a while
1: yeah i uh, yeah i'm glad you said that because i didn't he did have a very good race as well but um i was focusing mainly on elfin who won by about 28 seconds in the end which in rally you know yeah. it doesn't doesn't really ma- matter that but yeah I saw, I saw good Good
0: news for Breed today. He's signed for Ford for the next two years, so he's back having a permanent drive. He's only been temporary uh with Hyundai, Hyundai or Toyota. Which one is he in? I always forget. Hyundai. Um, and he's got the Ford deal. So Craig, I mean he wears his heart and his sleeve with Craig Breed, he's in tears and when he just loves rallying, and he's he's one of these kids that's you know, it's a bit like Alexander Albert in Formula One that just sort of couldn't believe he was there, and just being there just absolutely loves it. It's so a great character in rallying, as always. And um, yeah, hopefully Elfin can I think OJ is sort of a bit cruising, isn't he? I didn't mm. read the stories, but I think he's sort of picking up enough points to claim that eighth title and um, and retire gracefully. But yeah, yeah great I, stuff. And Elfin, ran the finish, round it's a mega rally. That did you catch it on telly? I mean, it's so hard to
1: find on telly. It's, I think it's really hard. Even. No, I had to catch up on on online. But in terms of in terms of bringing day one, he was leading and he was tussling the whole way with Tanak. They're both you're right in Hyndaizer and the I twenty. Yeah. Uh, The I-20 ends, they are, the little Hyundai cars. So they were both tossing well um, with that. But I I don't know. There's only two rounds left. The penultimate round is next in two weeks' time in in Spain, Espania. So I think that Ogier's done enough there. I mean, it's... uh, Cruise it. Yeah, 34 points um, in the lead there. So, Tiff. The World Rally Championships. I thought it was okay, and it was beautiful in Finland. All the, the all the colours, and you see the forest, I thought yeah. it, was, it was okay, and it was great great result for, for Elfin, But um, we're getting, before we go to superbikes. I'm going to ask you a question because you know this is you're a your, your big deal in these parts. Um, I want to know. I'm, I'm intrigued about your motor racing career. And it was a while ago, a lot of it, but you're still racing now. But Formula One, the pinnacle of motor racing. And yeah. you, were, you were a paid driver. You're not like one of these little guests. Pinching myself. Yeah, I was yeah. like
0: Albon and Craig Breed. I went out to your I mean, even if I got to Grand Prix, I, I did that British championship with my famous Durex Academy Chevron, which has been on Twitter recently, a few photos. And uh, the race of champions in 1979 was when they used to mix... Now, it used to be Formula Five Thousand and Formula One to fill out the field, and because only the Formula One teams only had like one car. Uh, but for Seventy Nine, it was the British Formula One series. So I was out with my Durek Chevron. And I still remember this day between them, um, Westfield and Hawthorne's uh, Brands that Veyron went by me on the inside and, and just just broadside, middle of apex, two wheels off the dirt, <laughs> coming out of it, plunged out into Dingle Dell. And I was just gobsmacked, you know, because, you know, I, I'm being a fan of motorsport, that's why I'm a bit different on a lot of racing drivers, you know, because I did cling to the fence, you know, watching heroes racing, you know, Jim Clark and Sterling Moss, but to have Wielner blast by, in qualify that was, uh, I still remember that moment so clearly. Um, well, sadly the, was race the race race again? Broke, right? well, yeah. well, Formula One, because that year there was, you know, there was Jody Schechter was the Ferrari as well, and uh, Alan Jones, Reutemann in the, in the Williamses, um, so it was, it was a wonderful time. I kind Nelson Piquet, uh, the Ligers were up there, the French boys and um, louder. Yeah, but I don't know. Nikki wasn't there. Still, was it? I can't remember these these names that you bring <laughs> out of the hat. It's sad. I should be able to remember them. I was in a dream, and, and I was in the middle of a sort of it was that the feast of Folk, the birdie's boys against the, the the manufacturers Ferrari and Renault. That's why the next Grand Prix in Spain they didn't turn up. Um, and I, I was in these meetings, you know, putting a vote as a driver, you know, to, to not we were gonna boycott the race because you know FIA wanted to cancel our licenses if we didn't do virtual various things. So I was I was a pirate, one of the pirates, in on these, these meetings. And uh, yeah, it was it was just I was living in this strange world from three or four months well you're still living in a strange uh, a world time. now but
1: um but a slightly well, different true. world and that's we'll true. come we'll come back to some of your exploits but we are going to go to motor gp because this is supposed to be a global motorsport roundup um, oh, yeah. for the previous week um mark marquez marquez sorry um yes. he, uh, it, So it was i in, saw he won yeah it was in COTA, which is in austin circuit of the americas and he was again he he was he won last year, so he regained his um, his uh, title. I love he him. His,
0: I think it's brilliant. He's come back from that terrible injury, you know, and he won that German race. And now, as you say, won again. And uh, but it was a lot of in the press. The motor GP boys were moaning a lot, which uh, you know we always think it's the Grand Prix drivers that complain complain when a, a curb's too high or something. But uh, a lot of moaning about bumping. The circuit it was very bumpy, and Rossi I read stories at the end of the day how he was almost exhausted. It was so physical because the bumps were too bad. So. It's quite strange that the bike boys—you always think will ride anywhere if they go to the Isle of Man, at places as crazy as that—but
1: um, they were complaining about the bumps. And, um, but yeah, but yeah, good to see Marquez winning. Well, he was a bit of an exhibition, really, wasn't it? And then um, uh, ba- how you, do you pronounce this in Italian? Ba- Bag I think yeah. Um, so he's uh, chasing his third win after his third pole position in a row. But he, oh, um, he was on pole, was he? Yeah, game yeah, was. The previous two, yeah. And he, but he slipped back to sixth place. So yeah, it was. It was. And what, what's this about, Tiff? I did read um, a little bit about it as well, trying to swat up on my um, uh, MotoGP. It said all the riders chose the uh, hard front compound tyre. Why just the yeah. hard front compound? Is it all about the front? Is it? Is that? Uh, I thought it the depends on the bikes. Right. Well, now if you've got an understeer, but they still
0: have understeer, you know, they can or oversteer or too much grip at the side. On
1: so. a on a bike is so huge and massive and the front <laughs> yeah, side typically is yeah, but, but when it's leaning over, you, you're only sitting on a little bit of it. True. It looks
0: <laughs> it looks huge in sort of a circumference, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you're only on a little bit of it each time. But it's it's very much how the you know the, the front and rear, the this balance they all have they, and every rider they seem to choose different options. It, it's a very tricky part of your Moto GP setup, and which why sometimes you know. Riders will start well and then just disappear backwards if they lose that grip. But um, Moto2, I didn't see Sam Sykes in the results. Sykes wasn't up there. I think he had a bad weekend and I think he fell off. Not so good for him in the qualifying, I read. But uh, not good in Moto2. Well, Jake Dixon, I read, had a good run, finished 10th or something. So the Brits are trying, but still no real stars. But the Moto3... It was a massive crash. I saw a middle phone. Did you Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't even see that. You missed. That. Oh, I
1: didn't. I've even given you this job. Today. I tried to watch as much oh, as I could. There's only so sake. Well, Saturday I was marshalling, so I've got an excuse there. But uh, it wasn't on Saturday. That's I was, no, was going to say. But no excuse Saturday. for Sunday. <laughs> well, I did. I did see that Jack Miller, who um. Uh, he was dominating practice, but he slipped down to the tenth place. He didn't do very well. Yeah. So. No, the kids had a terrible time. No, big controversy because they were having these shunts. And there
0: was this horrendous accident. I mean, you've got a YouTube if you haven't seen it. Because going down the straight, this kid called Onchu, the Turkish boy, was overtaking, it. and he just before he was fully passed, he just moved over on Alcoba, Alcoa, 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 and he went down flat out, 140 miles an hour down the straight. And then Pedro Costa, the little kid, 16 year old, he went over the top, Superman flying. Uh, two others were a horrendous crash. They were sliding on their backsides for like 200 yards. Um, <laughs> well, were, after, amazing, after, all after recent weeks. That. Yeah, after recent weeks. But, it's, but it's, uh... Yeah, because they banned on you. They're all, they're all very worried because they've had this death that we talked about, that sad death in Spain. That these kids, you know, they're just, they're not old enough. They're starting to ride, you know, so young. They've got no fear at all. And the bikes are so close. And has actually been banned for two races, and they're having to do something about it, because the bikes, you know, are easiest to ride, huge slipstream, and whilst we love it all, because it's so entertaining, um, you know, when it goes wrong at 140 miles an hour, and you've got 15-year-olds flying through the air, um, it's, a, it's a terrifying thing. So, yeah, I would see a told, I, motor stream.
1: A couple of people um, heard the, the, the podcast, and they, they, they were shocked that 15-year-olds were riding, riding professionally like this. And it, yeah, it is... It is a bit shocking, isn't it? I mean, you you really probably think there should be an age limit of 16. Just, I know that... I've said it for cars. I've said
0: it for cars. I didn't like it when they allowed 16-year-olds to drive cars, and then 15-year-olds and 14-year-olds. Mainly there because it allows the rich dads, you know, to get 14-year-olds racing. You know, if you haven't got a rich dad and you're 14, you can't drive to a racetrack in your catering, uh, (laughs) however far it may be, and race, you know, whereas at 17 if everyone's level you're all starting at 17 year old you race against each other it's a shame that you know it's just one country i think you know 20 years ago sweden allowed 16 year olds to drive so then everybody says well, we've got to be fair we need we, our drivers need the same chances as the swedish boys so could, we all went 16 and then some other country started 15 um and i forget who the, i saw the motor gp reading the stories and one of the leading lights the british guy hodgson, neil hodgson i think it was pointed out that, he, you know, when he started riding, you couldn't race until you were 16, you know, you, as same as on the public roads. And uh, it is this pressure now. You've got to be young. You've got to be, you know, if you're 23 in motorsport, you're not even allowed to enter the motorsport, you know, dry, young driver of the year competition. It crazy, and it's isn't that crazy, isn't They're pushing and pushing because they love the headlines. that You're know, the youngest Max Verstappen, the youngest, youngest. And, You know, you just going to slow it down. You know, even if you say, well, you you can't get a Grand Prix license until you've done five years of car racing, you know. Everyone will say, well, Max Verstappen only did one year. Yes, I know Max is, um, but (laughs) if Max had done five years somewhere else, you know, you would have had fantastic wins in Formula 3 and Formula 3 and Formula 2 and Formula 2, and, and then become a Formula 1 star. But they hate it. A lot of, you know, people quote down there, you tell me, you know, I'm wrong. Because, you know, it's all right, you know, Kimi <laughs> Raikkonen, you know, Kimmy Kim's to jump straight into Formula One, and yes, if the talent is brilliant, you can do it, but it just promotes the dads taking their kids karting for £300,000 a year when they're about 12.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know. too young, I mean, you know, these are incredibly talented, they are children. 15 years yeah. old I mean, yeah, I it's, it's, yeah. it's frightening it's the same age as my daughter i couldn't imagine her riding yeah. 160 miles an hour on a motorbike it's just just yeah, yeah it's it's incredible and and but but the, the the talent is there but maybe nurture them through a different way i don't know i don't know what the solution yeah. is. And there's no right I to think the bikes
0: they're talking about the bikes need more power or more i don't know they're looking at that as well but there's definitely a big focus on moto three and the kids
1: well, we got more bikes anyway, so, coming up. I'm going to ask you another question. I want to know about Le Mans. And I want to know about your most memorable year at Le Mans. And I want to know, one, how many of you you've done. I know that. I'm just uh, picking you up a little bit here. Your most memorable year. And uh, how fast have you been down the Mulsanne Strait? Yeah, I answer two questions there, you know, the, the kids always say,
0: well, it's 230 miles an hour and i all started straight. And some little kids say, well, "What? what fast are you going to crash that, that Dad? And it's 230 miles an hour and I've all straight. So that was memorable when the, the tail of my, the brackets on the bodywork ripped off the back of my Aston Martin Nimrod, and It all flew off the back and the wing was on the bodywork. So I suddenly lost my rear wing at 230 miles
1: an hour. I can't believe you didn't so hold it. I
0: would, I would have held it. I would have controlled it. <laughs> Ah. Rear wheels were no longer on the ground. Just to no excuse, I mean, was a,
1: no excuse. <laughs>
0: uh, but I just, from the moment I arrived at it. It's again, because I'd been this fan, you know, when I grew up, you know, and, and read all the stories, never went to Le Mans as a kid in you know, the family, never had any money to leave England. Um, families on the South Coast holidays, Wittering, East Wittering. Um, so I just dreamed of Le Mans. When I got there just walked down those the famous pits that you saw in the Le Mans film that they rebuilt so well, you know, just these bunkers and... And I imagine, you know, Jim Clark and and Mike Hawthorne, you know, and I, was, I was just, I loved the place. And, uh, of course, the Mulsanne Strait was very special and, you know, whistling down there for so long, you know, jiggering. The lorry lanes, you know, moving them out the straight because the traps go down the same road. And so you, you sit in these wheel tracks, dense in the tarmac, and you have to almost pull out of them. And when you go across the crest at 230 miles an hour, you sort of jump across the other lane you know so even the straights are, are pretty exciting with a kink at the end but the whole atmosphere because you're there you know from wednesday night and thursday night qualifying friday's the day off and did they do the driver's race parade through the town and... when you were there as well no we had none of that you know the pits were so lovely because we were all the all the teams were just in the sort of forest behind the garages there was a bit of tarmac in one centre bit a lot of cars and all the awnings were like tied to trees, you know. And the, the drivers had tents in the campsites. There weren't many motorhomes. Uh, although eventually they they had really old, musty, tiny caravans that were all <laughs> lined up in a field. Um, and it had that character. You know, there were lots of wooden huts where you bought models and bought crepe and stuff. And it was just but that all changed in 1990 though know, when well, 89 it began to change just um no the 90s when the chicanes went in wasn't it in 1990 and the new the new pits came in in 91 which did change the whole atmosphere of the place and, I think that's it's a shame it's because you know the teams want bigger trucks and transporters and huge garages with shiny floors, and that's the way motor racing has developed. But you know, that charm of the old Le Mans, until they ripped the, the whole paddock out because the spectators would sit above you. So you were sitting in your car, an open-top sports car the first time, the IBEC. So I was sitting there and qualified while they changed the car, and you'd, you'd chat to the fans that all had their feet dangling over from the Amazing. balcony just above you. And it, it was a lovely, so I fell in love with the place. I like, you know, French Most food. memorable and, year. French people. I don't know, what well, 1985 when I led Le Mans very briefly, this little trick with him, the Emcrest and Martin, we were up against all the professional teams, and I I got up to third genuinely. Uh, but when we stopped the first pit stop, we only half-fueled so I could go out and have uh, six or <laughs> seven laps in the lead. Um, but obviously, you know winning while well, finishing third you know, getting on the podium in 1990 with tears down my eyes I and mean, that was just you know so amazing uh in fact we were the last people on the old podium which is which is the balcony on the old pit so um third place the two silk cut jaguars beat us but uh, so we were the only private team in the top of six because we had the factory porsche behind us and the factory nissan behind them and the factory toyota behind that so, and you, yeah, you were in the list
1: of jag were you in the list of jag for that
0: yeah that was in the yeah moving on to the 90s yeah the 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 gt cars but you know they weren't they were they were tough cars to drive the gts there was more pleasure in a way in a group c sports car which is more of a racing car whereas of course the gts are more of a compromise but uh, yes magical times really yeah there was still you know every time i think of them all it's it's just great wandering around The the i think about the second year they took patsy my girlfriend who's now my wife they said, Do you want to go and watch the cars down the Moulton Straits? They walked all the way through the woods where the golf course is and got to the barrier. You know, you could go everywhere at Le in the old days. And all of a sudden, going past it. Patsy turned around straight away, says, take me back to the pits. It's, you know, <laughs> you could get so close. <laughs> and that's part of where motorsport loses. You know, you see them, you know, the, we're all so far from the track and one of them, you know, with the, with the gravel traps and Grand Prix circuits and sort of spectators are miles from the actual cars. But, you know, there's old days where you get so close to the track. And, uh, you know, the, the old restaurant, you could sit out and have a um, perno and water with a, right next to the barrier in the middle of the Maussan Strait at the cafe.
1: Incredible. Uh, so
0: so yeah, you, can, you
1: can choose one uh, of your uh, most memorable experiences. Are you going to choose Formula One or Le Mans? Oh, Do Le Mans. You- the last one. Having wow. won, you know, the, the the parade lap to,
0: you know, to take the podium, having got third place, and, you know, going around and... Yeah, I mean, as achievement-wise, you know, being on the Grand Prix grid without any sponsorship, you know, without any money, you know, bringing any money at all was a great, you know, accolade as a driver because, you know, to get to that tiny peak of Mount Everest. But the the emotion of that, uh, the last lap to the the chequered flag at Le Mans was just overwhelming. Brilliant. You make oh, well, a lump in I, the
1: throat now. I, I well I've got I've got hairs on the back of my neck standing up as well, but I'm gonna to move to World Superbikes because we have got a podcast to cover as well uh for some serious. Yeah, well we're following boys. we're following them. It's an exciting championship this year. So what happened this time? It's a battle <laughs> well, between Ray and and Ray and Raz- Johnson Ray Razz- and Razgatsello. Um Top rack. i prefer to call him Top Rack, yeah. <laughs> but he crashed out. He crashed out following a mechanical problem, um, and actually Jonathan Ray actually had two crashes as well. But he bounced back. Yeah, they both. Yeah, but. Um, but he's still. Yeah. But he's still behind her. How this championship? I've checked every round. There's only one round to go, isn't there? Or is it two
0: rounds left in that? I'm not sure, but uh, I know that the top practice got the lead now, and Jonathan's still trying to get his ninth one of the rows. That's great. The British Superbikes up at Donington.
1: I'm not sure I'm there. Well, well let me just go back to the points so top rack is um, 478 points and Jonathan raised 454 so it's between those two thats after um, 11 rounds so yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be. Close, but you would like to think the young Turkish lad's going to uh, take that one home. And then you're right, Donington no, Park. No, you don't. No,
0: we've got one of, We've got one, Jonathan Ray. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd like...
1: Of course, yeah, <laughs> br- bring it home for Great Britain, again, for the eighth title, for, for, for sure. But, but I would say going by...
0: Top breaks, yeah. He's got the he's got the upper hand now. He's, he's got him on the run.
1: Donington Park in the wet. So um, it was... Uh, so Jean Ria? Is that how you pronounce his name? I'm so, apolo- so yeah, apologetic. Jean Ria, yeah. Rhea, yeah, um, so so yeah, he he um he won a very wet Donington Park. Um, I mean, Jonathan Ray. Jonathan Rhea,
0: Rhea, Jonathan. Uh, Maybe
1: no, we're going. So we're going British Superbike now, Donington Park. Oh yeah, I'm so. going. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> so we got Jonathan they're, they're, they're ray. Both ray will do. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ray. Yeah, and they're both.
0: And so With, they, where's our related? bike critic? Our bike critic usually corrects us. He didn't correct me last time. Uh, Where are uh, you, our
1: bike critic? Are Come they back. related? They're both British and they both got the same unusual surname. So are they related? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Yeah. So um but uh so it's a so it's a win for both the Rays or Rias. Please let us know how you pronounce it um in the British British superbikes and the world superbikes. So uh um, and I haven't really got much to say I did make some notes on it, but I, it was very wet. Um, well the title is game between the two teammates, the McKenzie and
0: O'Halloran. That seems it to be indeed. the way the championships go. Yeah. So that's only got one, that's only got one to go, I think, of brands. So that's it's tight titles. Yeah. Well, there were so, other cards. Of course, there was DTM, which I read about. Did you watch DTM?
1: No, I didn't You'd have you to probably go. I don't know how you can, you'd have you to download it. You didn't tell me to swap up on DTM. Hang on, before we go to D, <laughs> before we go to DTM. You're, so you've been in television for a long time. You, fifteen years on Top Gear, fifteen years on Fifth Gear. Mm-hmm. You had a little brief spell with uh, with us, and we got more to come there. Um, what's your most memorable motor sport related uh, item you did on television? Because you've done some serious. Well, stuff. motor sport. Well, motor sport was driving the Williams. You know, driving the uh, Williams
0: Grand Prix car, aged about the V ten versus fifty four. The V ten was. That was
1: Was that V10 versus... uh, That was at uh, Rockingham with uh, Vicky Butler-Henderson. She was in a V10, M5, you were in a V10. I
0: was about 53 years old. I'm in a Formula One car again with my (laughs) neck falling off after three (laughs) corners. I couldn't hold my neck up. Whistling through Rockingham at 170 (laughs) miles an hour up against the wall, then breaking it. Yeah, that was absolutely epic, you know. But I drove drove the... jordan when it was brand new i drove the jordan i drove a march as well the 761 so i'm driving a few grand prix cars speaking of jordan the there's a
1: there's a picture of you somewhere with jordan katie price as she was called jordan back a day with jordan Jordan, yeah no with the jordan car yeah with you we promoted i forgot what we promoted yeah a little
0: katie price so uh, she was good fun it's it's a shame that she's in a hell of a mess at the moment isn't it but uh car really? crashes and
1: i got I got, I, I got chapped up by her once i was a lot younger and, and didn't have so many wrinkles back in the day look at the state of me now this is what you do to me tip <laughs> all this research look at all this research look at it all okay but let's
0: yeah, go to dtm didn't, didn't get well that's building up to there's only one round to go at um norris street, the famous round hitler's great stadium of the, the little street circuit because it's a real battle between liam lawson uh, in the Ferrari, the Red Bull Ferrari, against his Kelvin van der Linde in the Audi. They were banging into each other's doors in the second race. So it's got a bit feisty. Uh, Lawson still leads. He had a fourth and a second at the weekend, but van der Linde a first and a penalised tenth. I read this story because I was interested. Um, because, of course, Albon had his last race. He never really... It's funny how Liam was overruled Albon. He didn't, I don't think Alexander wanted to do it particularly... Uh, he had a second and a sixth. He's not doing the last round because now he doesn't have to because he can't win the championship. So that's got another young Red Bull. Nick Cassidy's going in the Ferrari, um, and of course you've got Esme Hawking, the, the British girl. Interest there. She's I mean she's right in the sort of getting up nearly the top ten. She had a thirteenth and a sixteenth. So, yeah, it's good stuff, DTM, but we don't really get to see it. It's hard to find. That's why It's we hard try to, to find a lot of this, it. you know,
1: which is, you're right, this is, which is why we do this uh, motorsport rando. Well, because we love motorsport as well. Um, but it is a hard to find a, a lot of this. I don't know where... and NASCAR, NASCAR. Unfortunately, I read it was all rain-delayed, and then the number five
0: got taken out. But Baba won the thing, which is a great <laughs> story, because, you know, Baba, the, 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 the black... Driver, you know, who's, who's battling against racism and uh, came through, it was a they all knew that it was going to rain, they all knew there was only about three laps to go to the end of stage two. Uh, and so he wasn't, although he won it because it was red flagged when he happened to be leading, but nevertheless, all the other guys you know knew that it was most likely going to rain again and might be red flagged. So, a fantastic feel good story that Bubba Wallace won the NASCAR round. There's no, of course, pitches. next weekend, there's a good. Good um, Roval, so go street course around the the oval race within the oval, at Charlotte Oval, called the Charlotte Roval, which is the, when when the twelve get cut down to eight, and it's cutting down before yeah. the grand finale. So, I was
1: going to say with Bubba, that, I was going to say with Bubba, there's no pitches on the scorecard. If I if I won a race. Under a safety car, I would not care less, which kind of is quite a a link to where I'm heading tonight, actually. I'm driving to um, Snetterton. Yeah. Big event of the the weekend, the the biggest race
0: going in the global motorsport (laughs) arena. The last (laughs) chance for Paul Woodham to get on the podium in Caterham
1: Green Group. I know. I, I mean, yeah, I, I have not... Tier have, fish. You, have you tested there yet? Have you tested I've there not, I haven't even looked. I don't even know if it goes left or right out of the pits. I don't know. I do not know a single Get thing on about to the YouTube. Get on I to YouTube. I will. I Download. haven't had time. You've been getting me... Look what you've been getting me to do, all this research. It's just... <laughs> But I'm going to get on YouTube uh, before I leave, and I've got four-hour drive to get there. But not in the cage from this time. Cage are very kindly looking after that. But uh, so I look forward to seeing you late Friday night. You're off gallivanting with yeah, some going Corvette. Out to test the new Corvette for, for which we we'll on love cars very shortly. So I'm looking forward
0: to getting behind the wheel of the new mid-engine Chevrolet Corvette, which is uh, the first one in its history. And, uh, and, there's a support race on this weekend. Apart from Caterham, we've got some Formula One cars in Turkey,
1: haven't we? Boring. And BTCC, whatever they are, they're. Yeah, it's Where all, they, it's it's all about Caterham. It's all about Caterham this weekend. There's nothing else but Caterham. There's a live live um, link. Um, two races, two. Two races on this on Setson 300. So, uh, mm-hmm. oh please, and no bikes. Let me, let me no get, bikes this let, Forget Next. the bikes. Let me get a podium, please. If there is. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know the most fitting thing would be after this season it hasn't been the longest but we've had a sprint race and six other races So, and now we've got two to come the last race of the season I can just see it now it's going to be like a Hollywood blockbuster the last race of the season just, uh, all the, the ten cars in front of me just crash and don't hurt each other but and then I just Paul woman comes through <laughs> well I look forward to reporting from
0: the fence. We'll have that report as well coming up on love Cars sometime in the next two weeks or so.
1: Yeah, you so, will we will look forward to it. thanks thanks for joining us and Tiff, thanks for sharing your stories because believe it or not no. they are interesting and and it's great to hear <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're you're an absolute legend and uh, you know it's a big month for you this month and if you want to start no. sending if you want to start sending birthday wishes, birthday cards, donations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a huge month for tiff and um you, i'll you see are,
0: you after qualifying you don't are a legend for a slipstream. don't wave at anyone
1: get your head down get oh, a I clear doubt. lap well, i got it i'm on it there's apparently there's two very long straights at letting you need a toe no forget right, it okay. more, you'll confuse
0: <laughs> yourself you'll get enough lava follow me follow me follow me
1: None of that. No hand waving. I've got a surprise. I've got a surprise for you. With in terms of the hand waving, I've got a surprise. We'll reveal all in the catering video uh, to follow in a in a week or so. But thanks for joining as always. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers.